0: You're listening to Comedy Central. Hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Daily Social Distancing Show. I'm Trevor Noah, and it is now day 66 of us staying inside to try and stop the spread of the coronavirus. And here's your quarantine tip of the day. People around the country are beginning to emerge from quarantine for the first time in months. So just remember that when you're talking to someone in person and you want to change your background, that means you have to physically move to another location. Anyway, on tonight's episode, we take a look at teaching in the time of corona, Michael Costa faces death, and Aunt Becky gets a full scholarship to prison. So let's get into it. Welcome to The Daily Social Distancing Show.
1: From Trevor's couch in New York City to your couch somewhere in the world, this is The Daily Social Distancing Show with Trevor Noah. Ears Edition.
0: You know, when I'm feeling down, nothing makes me happier than hearing some good news. Also, Prozac works, but since the state says I'm no longer allowed to write prescriptions cause I'm not qualified, here's our good news for you in our ongoing segment, Array of Sunshine. Let's kick it off with weed, AKA marijuana, jazz spinach. Nelson Manned Edibles. For many people, it has been an important way to get through the coronavirus lockdowns, but now it turns out it might also be a cure for coronavirus itself. A study in Canada has prompted the idea that marijuana can
2: help cure COVID-19. Researchers at the University of Lethbridge in Canada applied multiple strains of CBD to cells to see if it changed their ability to be infected by the COVID-19 virus. They found that high concentrations of CBD lowered the number of cells that the virus could attach itself to. The study is a preprint publication.
0: That means it hasn't been peer-reviewed and the tests haven't been repeated yet. Can you believe it? It turns out your high school stoner friend was right. Weed really can do it all. And man, if this really works, it kind of makes sense. I mean, the coronavirus is on the way to infecting your lungs and then it hits all the weed and all of a sudden the virus is like, wait, where was I going? What am I doing here? Wow, have you ever noticed how like I'm a virus, but I'm like also like a, like a, like a thing? Now, before you order a Costco sized nug, Keep in mind that this study was released before being peer-reviewed. Yeah. Which means it hasn't been confirmed, right? You see all the articles that are like, oh, CBD cures this thing, CBD... But it hasn't been confirmed. And, you know, it's always weird to me when researchers put studies out themselves. I mean, you'd think somebody else would have to put out their studies, but they just do it themselves. It's almost like mixtape rappers, you know, like those guys in the streets. Hey, what's up, fam? You like science, man? You like science? Yo, you want science? Check this out, man. This got some dope reviews in the control group and in the variable group, man. You want to check this out, man? Yeah, check it out, come on. Look, in my opinion, people shouldn't be able to put studies out before they've been verified. I mean, before I realized that this study wasn't peer-reviewed, I ran out and I bought a bunch of weed. What am I supposed to do with all of it now? And another big caveat is that this study was backed by a CBD company. And I'll be honest with you, I don't know why weed people are always working so hard to find additional benefits to weed. Isn't it enough that it just gets you high? I mean, there's no meth heads out there who are like, and try scrubbing some meth on your car. It makes it really shiny. Now you see why I like it, right? Now, maybe getting high isn't your vice. You know, maybe you're into something else like gambling. Well, if that's the case, there's good news for you too because Vegas is coming back, baby. Well, the Las
2: Vegas Strip could welcome visitors back as early as June 1st. You'll see a lot of social distancing. Tables will be six feet apart. Uh, Menus will be paper menus or will be sanitized between each and every use. So there's, there's almost without exaggeration, not one part of the business that is not going to change. On top of that, every other slot machine is out of service with the chairs removed as well. The same goes for the poker table too. Caesar employees are going to be using these electronic sprayers to disinfect the dice and the elevator buttons. As for masks, they are mandatory for the employees. They will be given out to guests even on the gaming floor, something that has never been seen before in Sin City casinos.
0: That's right. Vegas casinos are about to reopen, although I'll be honest, I don't know why anyone needs a casino right now. I mean, I feel like every time you step into Whole Foods, you're placing the ultimate bet. All right, baby, let's put it all on the line for another tub of yogurt. Now, thankfully, casinos in Vegas say that they're gonna be instituting some new safety measures, like handing out masks. And wearing masks while gambling would be great, especially for me, because whenever I play poker, I've got this thing that I do with my tongue that's a tell, And it's like, it's like a really tiny little thing I'm all in. One thing's for sure, though, this is definitely gonna change some of the classic gambling traditions, like blowing on the dice for good luck, huh? Or wiping your nose with your cards or storing poker chips in your mouth. We can't do that anymore. And finally, let's check in with Mike Pence, vice president of the United States and guy who covers his eyes when Simba and Nala kiss. Yesterday, Unfunny Steve Martin was in Florida to see how their reopening is going. And when he stopped for lunch at a local restaurant, he gave us the most Mike Pence moments imaginable.
1: Now, Vice President Mike Pence did something this week, many of us are patiently waiting to do order food inside a restaurant. He stopped at a burger joint with Florida Governor Ron DeSantis yesterday.
0: What do you recommend? So, do you like spicy or not awesome? spicy? Of course, Mike Pence wants not spicy. This dude's favorite spice girl was Céline Dion. Seriously, it's crazy that Mike Pence can even eat at restaurants considering all his diet restrictions. I also can't have any meat that's touched other meat. It's a sin. Also, what you didn't see in that clip, because they cut it out, was the part when the employee asked Pence if he wants breasts or thighs, and then mother came in and tackled the shit out of him. All right, that's it for the sunshine. Let's check out today's headlines. Let's begin with some scary news from Michigan it was already one of the hottest-hit states of the coronavirus pandemic. And now, as the expression goes, when it rains, it pours. Emotional whiplash for
2: thousands in central Michigan this evening as stay-at-home orders over coronavirus were suddenly turned to calls to evacuate after a pair of dam failures triggered catastrophic flooding.
3: This is the moment raging water burst through the Eatonville Dam in central Michigan.
1: The dam had failed 100%.
3: Evacuate the area. The breaches sent more than 10,000 people scrambling. Emergency responders going door to door to evacuate residents. Roads, cars and homes were no match for the life-threatening waters, rising five feet deep in some areas. It's hard to believe that we're in the midst of a hundred-year crisis, a global pandemic,
2: um, and that we're also dealing with a, a flooding event
0: that looks to be the worst in 500 years. God damn it, man. Michigan has been hit with so many tragedies back to back. This is horrible. And I feel so bad for the people who have to flee their homes during a pandemic. Now, when you're loading up the car, you got to choose between your photo albums and your toilet paper, which is why I always order my family photos printed on toilet paper. Just a little tip for you guys. This is a sad reminder that even though daily life has stopped, disasters haven't. We've had floods, tornadoes, hurricane season is just around the corner, and it's only a matter of time before Kanye comes out with another album. By the way, what really sucks is that this administration has been talking about fixing America's infrastructure for three years now, but the only thing they've really worked on is the border wall. People of Michigan should just tell Trump that Mexicans live in the water, and then he'll rebuild those damn walls in no time. Gotta get the wall up and going. I heard they swim so fast. Build a wall. Moving on. Here's an update on our old friend, Aunt Becky. The last high profile perpetrator in the college admissions scandal is throwing herself at the mercy of the courts.
3: We have breaking news in the sweeping college admissions scandal actress Lori Loughlin and her fashion designer husband will plead guilty to conspiracy charges. Loughlin was charged with paying hundreds of thousands of dollars to get her two daughters into the University of Southern California as rowing recruits, even though they were not rowers. As part of the plea, Loughlin will spend two months behind bars and pay a $150,000 fine. Giannulli will serve five months and pay a $250,000 fine.
0: Ah, so disappointing. Yet another rich, white, famous lady getting sucked into the prison system. You hate to see it. But yes, after insisting she was innocent for over a year, Aunt Becky has suddenly changed her tune, which just shows you how sick people are of being locked inside their homes with their families. Yeah, because two months of corona and all of a sudden she was like, "'Actually, Your Honor, I'm, I'm guilty. "'Just take me to prison. I, I, can't, "'I can't stay around them for long.'" If you ask me, though, This is a genius time to plead guilty to any crime. Because with coronavirus raging, they have to let people out of prison. Yeah, in fact, knowing Aunt Becky, she'll probably pay someone to fake her coronavirus test for her. Yeah, as you can see here, I contracted COVID-19 while I was uh, playing for the Olympic team. Our last headline is about fake news. The one thing that spreads even faster than coronavirus. As this pandemic has grown, so too have all the tweets about how to fight it, how not to fight it, how it's growing and how it's not growing. And now it turns out most of those opinions might not even be real.
4: New concerns about misinformation and the coronavirus. Researchers at Carnegie Mellon University say nearly half of the Twitter accounts spreading messages about the pandemic are likely computerized bots. The study found over 100 false narratives about COVID-19 since January. It's too early to determine who might be behind the accounts, but the goal seems to be creating division in America.
0: Yes. Who could be putting out all this coronavirus misinformation? That's Russian through the internet. I guess we'll never know Viet Union. <laughs> Thanks guys, thank you. And you know when you think about it, being a Twitter bot must be the most depressing kind of bot to be. Cause I mean, think about it, all other robots are cool. You know, you've got robots that are like, I'm going back in time to kill John Connor. And then you've got other robots that are like, Decepticons, engage. And then these bots are just like I tell strangers that Hillary Clinton created coronavirus. But still, I'm honestly shocked that so many Twitter accounts that have been tweeting about coronavirus are fake. In fact, just so many Twitter accounts are fake. We think this people is just like bots that are sending information out. I actually need to text my girlfriend about this. Sorry. It's just, "Hey girl, did you see this crazy story about Twitter bots?" <laughs> I love you. She's so real. All right, I gotta go take my TV out for a walk. But after the break, we'll look at how teachers are just not having a good time. Don't go away. Welcome back to The Daily Social Distancing Show. You know, usually when we talk about coronavirus, we focus on the lives lost, the economy, and jobs. But the truth is, this pandemic is changing our world in a million different ways. And one of those ways is how educators are going to keep their classes going. We're gonna explore that all in our new segment, Teaching in the Time of Corona. (laughs) Teachers, they're the people who educate us, guide us, and force us to mutilate the bodies of innocent frogs. And while teachers have always had a difficult job, coronavirus has made things harder than ever.
3: The challenges of remote learning taking their toll on teachers. Teachers
2: are feeling overwhelmed. They uh, are being asked to do things that they've never done in their professional careers before.
3: Converting their homes into virtual learning centers from Google Docs to video chats. Hours going down a rabbit hole of, of learning how to plan lessons,
4: how to put these lessons online. It's a whole different ball game. Keeping these kids engaged uh, when you can't actually see their face.
2: It's very, very challenging, I think, for educators because it's difficult to tell if students are really paying attention.
3: We can only get the kids' attention span for 30 to 45 minutes. After 45 minutes, they're kind of just, like, donezo and looking to do something else, you know, watch YouTube or something.
0: Man, that sucks. Imagine pouring your heart into something and people are looking at their phones in the middle of it. Kinda like what you guys are doing right now. Yeah, I see you when you look at your phone during the show. Breaks my heart. Although, considering that half the economy is now YouTube based, is it such a bad thing if these kids are more into YouTube than school? I mean, I can show you plenty of YouTube millionaires, but I can't find many knows what time two trains pass each other millionaires. But maybe if kids just wanna watch YouTube, then teachers should just make their lessons more YouTube-y. Like, turn them into makeup tutorials or something. Okay class, so I'm gonna just put a little foundation here just like the colonists at Roanoke established a foundation in the Americas. And really, I'm not sure this is much different than what happens during regular school. Cause even when students are sitting right in front of you, they're probably thinking of YouTube videos anyway. Now
2: the
3: war of 1812 was fought between the United States and the United Kingdom.
0: But here's what's amazing about teachers. Not only are they not giving up, but many of them are actually stepping up their game to help meet these new challenges.
4: Welcome to my African savanna. Mrs. Andrea Anderson doesn't normally dress up in a lying costume and stand in front of a green screen. But very little is normal these days. The math teacher at Bronx Theater School spicing up his online lessons with impersonations.
1: Negative numbers go down, go down,
4: post below. This Clinton High School teacher is taking her lesson plans, not plans not left to her students' TikTok, starting with the basic equations. Hello, we're twins. Adding a little music.
2: An eighth grade teacher is proving he'll do anything to support his students. Richard Fisher promises to do one crazy thing a week if his students complete all their
0: assignments. So far, he's kissed a pig and he's even eaten some bugs. Wow, this teacher turned school into an episode of Fear Factor just to get his students to do their homework, which is incredible. What I'm worried is setting unrealistic expectations for when these students join the workforce. Craig, I'm gonna need that inventory report by tomorrow morning. Well, then I'm gonna need you to eat this crayon, bitch. So, teachers are doing the best they can using video chats, but good educators know that some things just can't be transmitted through a screen.
2: When the coronavirus put the brakes on the school year, Pat Nagel came up with an idea. He hops on his bike and pops in for a
1: pop quiz. I'm here for your final pop exam. Most days, Patrick Murtaugh can be found teaching health and phys ed inside Regal Road Public School. These days, he can be found taking to his bike and visiting students in front of their houses for a social distance dance party. The senior class at Wiley High in Texas can't go to school, but Principal Verdi Montgomery quickly realized he could go to them. Montgomery hit the road and over 12 days, visited every senior, 612 of them from six feet away. He gave each a candy bar, telling them one day we'll look back at this and snicker. I delivered that joke nearly 600 times, so it's pretty lame. Oh, man. This is the most
0: heartwarming story I've ever seen about a grown man handing candy out to underage children. And it's great that these educators are making the effort to go door to door and reverse Halloween their students. At the same time, it's gonna be kind of shocking for these kids because it's so jarring when you run into your teachers outside of school. Mr. Donaldson, what are you doing at the mall? And why are you holding that lady's hand? And where's your blackboard? Are you living like a secret life? But look, If we didn't know it already, it's clear now that teachers are some of the most hardworking and underappreciated people in our communities. And I, for one, think that they could use a break. Now, in normal times, if a teacher needs a day off, the school brings in a substitute. But what happens in virtual learning times? Well, we found a service that can help them out.
4: Are you burnt out from teaching virtually? Have you created your own Google Hangout just so you'll have a place to cry? Do you find yourself daydreaming about summer vacation even though you won't be able to go anywhere? Then try Zoomstitute, the first ever substitute teaching service designed exclusively for Zoom. Zoomstitute has every type of substitute teacher you'd find in real life, such as the inspirational Inner City Substitute.
2: You wanna know what they see? They see a bunch of kids
0: playing Fortnite on their Nintendos. But you wanna know what I see? I see a bunch of future Dr. Fauci's. Well, except for you, Kevin. You probably a
4: Dr. Oz at best. The running 30 minutes late substitute. <sighs> hey, guys. Uh, sorry I'm late. OK, that's all for today. The too much information substitute. So then I said, Marvin, how you going to hook up with my sister on Easter? Huh? Dressed like
3: an Easter bunny? You know what, how about I shove a basket up your ass? How about that for a resurrection
4: day? The stuck in the past substitute.
1: State semifinals, 2005. I was up a set, 4-0 and 40 love, and then it happened. I got a foot cramp. Ah!
3: Damn it! I should have
1: won. <sighs> anyway, so that's a rhombus.
4: The substitute who's on his phone the whole time.
1: Everyone, we today are going to be going. The homework was assigned.
0: And should we be doing something right now?
4: Yeah, you should. And of course, the acting too young for her age substitute. Nice one, epic. Definitely putting that on my TikTok. Now you guys aren't supposed to follow teachers, but uh, I won't tell if you don't. All of our subs are available and ready to Zoom at a moment's notice. Zoomstitute.
1: Cause you've been down Uh-uh.
0: When we come back, Michael Costa goes to the beach and meets the Grim Reaper. So stay tuned. Welcome back to the Daily Social Distancing Show. As summer arrives, states are figuring out when and how fast to reopen. And with Corona still in the air, It can be a matter of life or death, literally, as Michael Costa found out.
1: All across America, eccentric freedom lovers have been protesting to reopen the country. Now beaches are the latest battleground, and Florida's are open for business.
4: Northwest Florida beaches are back open. Hundreds came out to soak up the sun, sand, and surf.
1: I love the beaches being open. This is just wonderful. But while many Floridians are enjoying their God-given right to beach, one of them has a killer protest of his own.
4: In Northwest Florida, one lawyer took a bold approach to express his concern.
2: Thank you. Yeah, I'm here today to make a
1: point that we need to, I think it's premature that we open our beaches. But who was this strange Florida man? Did terrorizing beachgoers actually make a difference? To find out. I made a date with death. My name's Daniel Ufelder. I'm a lawyer and I'm the Florida Grim Reaper. I'm sorry, can you remove your hood? It's kind of hard to process this.
2: Remove my hood, okay.
1: Yeah. All right, I guess that's better. So what are you doing dressed as death going to the beaches in Florida? Well, we have a deadly virus that's
2: killed over 75,000 people. And I think people need to be staying at home and taking precautions and not flooding our beaches in our state.
1: Death visiting the beaches has got to be one of the top 1,000 strangest things that have happened in Florida this week. Good point. Daniel's been visiting beaches as death for almost a month now, mostly not well received. The public here, they're none too pleased to see his presence here. I think he should go somewhere else and, and, and protest because he don't belong here. Daniel, why do Floridians want to go to the beach so badly?
2: Well, I wanted to go to the beach. I love, I mean, I'm a Floridian. It's kind of like, it's just part of our DNA.
1: It's just who we are. To me, this seems like a perfect time for Floridians to learn a new hobby. You know, like how to read. Florida gets a bad
2: rap. Floridians get a bad rap, and the Grim Reapers get a bad rap. And I'm trying to fix both those things.
1: So Daniel, when should the beaches open? When we have enough testing, enough data, enough preparation. You want the government of Florida to use testing, data, and information when in the past they've never even thought about using those things.
2: Yes, this is a situation where I think that our government is making a choice to not do the right thing. Do you think you're making a difference? I think I've given a little hope to people that are seeing all these crazy protesters with guns and Confederate flags and Nazi flags And the Mm -hmm. Grim Reaper costume. I mean, I don't have a gun with me. I don't have, I'm not at a state house in Michigan with a gun. The Grim Reaper is trying to preserve life.
1: Daniel, is death really the best way to communicate this message of caution and temperance? I mean, everybody dies. Should we really fear death or you? I think when you have 75,000
2: people die within a very short period of time, and it doesn't seem to be slowing down, Yes, this is the
1: only message that we need to deal with. Uh, Sorry, hearing Daniel say that doesn't work for me. Would you mind just putting the hood back on and the mask and delivering that same message? Um, So, Death, are you really the best way to communicate caution and temperance?
2: Yes, we need the beaches closed so people
1: don't die. This virus- As Death spoke unto me about the need for social distancing, I realized that protesting to keep things closed could be helpful. Even though death is scaring the hell out of sunbathers, at least he's wearing a mask. And maybe there was a deeper meaning. The one constant in life that death is always among us, ready to ferry our souls across that dark river of time. Maybe death is teaching us that- I just want them to close the damn beaches. You know, having the opportunity that not everybody gets to speak to death has changed my life. I wish I could hug you right now. I wish I could come down there right now and wrap my sweaty hand
2: around. stay there. Do not come to death. Why are you not getting the message I'm sending? Stay away from the beaches of
1: Florida, please. Oh, I get it, death. And hopefully Florida does too. Thank you so
0: much, Michael. When we come back, Taraji P. Henson joins us on the show to talk about her work helping people access mental health services, especially during this period. Don't go away. Welcome back to the Daily Social Distancing Show. Earlier today, I got the chance to talk to Golden Globe-winning actor Taraji P. Henson. Her foundation has launched a free virtual therapy support campaign to help people access mental health services who otherwise couldn't afford it. We talked about that and much more, so check it out. So, Raji P. Hansen, welcome to the Daily Social Distancing Show.
3: Yes, thanks for having me.
0: How are, how are you holding up in, in quarantine? Your hair looks great.
3: Thank you. I've learned to do a lot in this quarantine, and this is one of the projects I'm um, getting better each and every time. The first time it took me three days, this time it took me four hours. No, yeah, four hours. Wow. So getting good
0: you've always been an advocate for mental health issues. You know, you've you, you you've always spoken out about it. You've always encouraged people to talk about it, share about it, get the help that they need, remove all of the stigmas in talking around mental health. And I've always appreciated you for that. Um, I know that your foundation is doing something amazing right now during coronavirus. Tell us a little bit about that.
3: We're doing a virtual fundraiser. It's called the COVID-19 vir- uh, Virtual Fundraiser. And what we're doing is we're offering five therapy sessions for those under um uh under underserved communities, who have been saying it so much, my brain is like, <laughs> but it's for those who are um disproportionately affected by the COVID mm-hmm. uh, nineteen, and it's it's basically you know um n- neighborhoods that are of brown brown and black people, so right. and, and and because we don't really deal with um mental health in our community it's so much stigma around it i just felt like a face needed to be put to it and then in this special time now where people are isolated and you know that they're going through things in isolation and they don't have the means or the money i just felt like i needed to do something so
0: it, it really is yeah it really is a beautiful move because i feel like during this period more people have experienced and gotten in touch with what it is like to be either depressed or, or or struggling with mental illness in a way that they haven't. You know, a lot of the times people can avoid it. People can run away from it. people. Some, some people don't even know they're experiencing it just because of how fast their life might be moving.
3: And, and they has, have has ways to normal. escape. You can escape. Yeah. Now you're forced to sit still. And right. so my prayer and my hope is that people who have shunned it, you know, um, seeking help or just believe the stigma around it. Hopefully they can take this time and this moment to, to, to experience it, to just try. Mm-hmm. It. I mean, because literally, you know, we keep saying when the world opens back up, we will all have trauma to get over after this. All of us. Mm-hmm.
0: Tell me something. How have you managed to communicate to people the importance of therapy, especially when we come from communities. I mean, I know for a fact, I grew up in South Africa. I grew up in a family where, for the most part, if I went to my grandparents and said therapy, they'd say, you need to run, you need to sleep, or you need Jesus, you know? So how, how, how have you managed to break through in communities that have always looked at therapy as like a white people thing or something that's just like a, like a, a almost fake in many ways?
3: I had to step up and tell my own story instead of preaching to people and you need to do this. I had to let them see that, you know, because I think the misconception that people have of celebrities is that money can save everything. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, oh, you rich. You don't have no problems. And it's like. Money can amplify your problems. (laughs) And like Biggie Smalls said, the great poet and guru, Biggie Smalls, the notorious (laughs) B.I.G., says more money, more problems, and he never lied, you know? So um, with that, you have to make the adjustments, and you have to take care of yourself. So I felt like me coming forward, and I feel like I have uh, the community trust me, you know? I mean, I think they still see me as Yvette from Baby Boy. You know, the characters that I play seem tangible and relatable in a way. And I, I wear my heart on my sleeve. And so I felt like if I came forward with my own issues, that will free up a lot of people. And it was actually very freeing for me. For me, when I did it and I said it and I finally said it on a, on a national platform, you know, And then I started seeing other people speak up. It was like, Mm -hmm. okay, I'm not alone. You know what I mean? The big, bad monster is gone, you know? And that's how you eradicate the stigma. The more we normalize the conversation, the the, the easier it'll be to have the conversation.
0: Tell me what you're doing um, to keep yourself sane beyond just therapy, because I mean... Obviously, you have your therapy in your life. I go to therapy, you go to therapy. You know, everyone who can goes to therapy. And thanks, thanks to you, a lot, of more, lot more people can go to therapy. But there's got to be, like, the small things that you do just to... I mean, you're just in the house. You, you're living a completely different life. What is Taraji doing inside right now?
3: I don't think I'm weird, okay? I'm going to show you. I have friends. <laughs> 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 See them over there? See, my friends. <laughs> These are my girls.
0: Wow. Characters. Yeah. Are those, are, are those like mannequin heads? Are those?
3: Yeah, I have every, they look a little creepy. It's okay.
0: Yeah, they look a lot creepy.
3: But I have every flavor. Look, I have all, this is my Becky girl. Look at
0: her. Taraji, why do you have, you know what? This, this looks like a scene in a horror movie where the person walks into the house and then there's like all the heads and you're like, who has heads inside their house? And now it turns out that's Taraji's house.
3: Trevor, I have heads and I have hands. Look, I have hands as well. Why? Because it's a salon and I practice doing hair and I practice oh. doing- okay.
0: Yeah. Okay, I feel like you should start with that, Taraji. Next time, next time anyone says to you, what are you doing? Before you show them like heads and hands, you should say, I have a salon in the house and I, I practice doing hair and, and-, and manicures That's why I have pieces of of bodies inside my house. I feel like you should start with that.
3: I talk to them. (laughs) (laughs) Keeps me sane, whatever works, you know? Whatever
0: works. Okay, but I need to understand the why. So why are you... Is this like a backup plan to your extremely successful acting career? What is this for?
3: Yeah, because Hollywood is shut down. We don't know when it's opening back up. So, um... In order to keep the lights on, I'm learning how to do nails <laughs> again. <laughs> My father always said, learn trade. <laughs> Listen, Taraji, the people um, who have a trade are still working. My gardener's still working. I don't, I'm in the house. They're outside, you know? Well,
0: that's true. It's, it's essential jobs, though. So, I mean, like, I don't, know if, I don't know if touching people's heads is gonna be something that you, you'll be able to do if other things are shut down. No, um,
3: that's true. Well, I have these heads, and I'm, they make me happy. <laughs> <laughs> they tip really well.
0: <laughs> Taraji, thank you so much. You made my day. Um, thank you for joining us on the show. Thank you for talking about mental health, something we all deal with at different levels, and people need to talk about more. Uh, thank you for bringing light into into our show. I appreciate you.
3: Thank you. And if you want to help and donate, just text um, no stigma to seven zero seven zero seven zero.
0: No stigma to 707070. Okay, and if we want to book hair appointments, is there a website for that or you not not yet?
3: I haven't started it yet, but you can use my TPH products which are sold at Target.
0: Well, there you have it. <laughs> Taraji P. Hansen, thank you so much for joining us.
3: Thank you. Take care and stay safe.
0: Thank you so much, Taraji. If you want more information about the Boris L. Henson Foundation, or you would like to donate to help their cause, all you need to do is visit borislhensonfoundation.org. And while we're talking about that, I wanna thank all of The Daily Show viewers for your incredible generosity, every single one of you. Every night these past few months, we've been asking you to help support charities of all kinds, you know, feeding hungry kids, providing PPE to healthcare workers, mental health services, and in that time, you guys have raised over a million dollars for these causes. That has been so helpful for so many people and so many lives have been saved, and it's all thanks to you. So from the bottom of my heart, thank you so much for helping us and helping other people do that. Until next time, stay safe out there, wash your hands, and remember to spay and neuter your Alexa.